Hello and welcome to It's Another Day in Real Estate. I'm Mitty Matthews from the Arbor Move team and I'll be flying solo today. It's just me out there. Welcome to our podcast where you'll learn the ins and outs of buying and selling a home one piece at a time. We hope to help you understand the process so you feel more comfortable in it and are making informed decisions when it comes to your purchase or sale. Let's jump right in today. Good day, everybody. All right. Uh, Today, here's what I want to tackle, the parts and pieces of an offer. An offer or a purchase agreement are sort of the same thing, except an offer, and this is a little bit remedial, but pretty much everybody should maybe hear this because these are pieces and parts to to the whole process that you are probably unfamiliar with. Most people don't buy or sell a house for seven years. So an offer is just your purchase agreement before it has been signed by all parties or agreed upon. Um, Verbal doesn't really mean anything, so you want it to be agreed upon with a signature. Um, It'll come back to you possibly with changes, and once everybody has signed off on it and what we refer to as bottom lining the offer, it then becomes a purchase agreement. We have an agreement between two parties to purchase the home or to sell the home. So now... Today, we are going to talk about all the parts and pieces that you will need to put into your offer, and your real estate agent should be able to help you with this, and what they all mean um, in order to get your offer accepted. Uh, Last week, we were up against 24 offers in total. We were one offer of 24, meaning there were 23 other offers. Uh, I knew going into it that we didn't have the highest priced offer, and sometimes that's not necessarily what's going to get your offer accepted. We had a higher price offer once and a different offer was accepted because they gave free occupancy and we will go over all of this and what it means um, when it comes to money and what what it means to your, your seller. I mean, if you're the buyer in the situation and that's really what I'm talking about here, um, if you're the buyer, we're talking about how we want to... Uh, Sorry about that. My phone always goes off, doesn't it? Um, The buyer has a lot of different parts and pieces to this offer, all of which will weigh in differently. Usually price is the bottom line, the major, the major number one thing that's getting your offer accepted above and beyond the other person. But there are, um, other parts and pieces to your offer that substantiate the price and that say that that seller will get that price. You know, these are things that will make your offer stronger. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. Maybe you can, you know, put these things in or not, but if you're going up against equal offers, you want to have every possible point in your favor, everything that shows that you're the strongest offer that yours is going to get to the closing table and that the seller is going to walk away with the money that you've promised them, right? So let's go over a couple pieces and parts to this. So your price probably weighs in the most what that seller is going to walk away with at the end of the day. But if you're a weak buyer, then your price that you put forth isn't going to hold a lot of water. It's not going to matter. So a stronger offer with a lower price that will definitely get to the closing table versus one that might fall apart in three weeks is definitely a stronger offer, and yet it didn't come in with a higher price. So it's more about your guaranteed price. So 
you know, I'm not getting any feedback, so it's hard to tell if this is sticking. I just want to make sure that we're going to go over all of these pieces. You can always go back and re-listen. So, you know, the, the end the end game is making it to the closing table solidly and the highest price that makes it there, okay? So let's talk about a few things that are the touch points that can be in an offer. You've got your price, your appraisal. That could be a problem down the road. Um, your lender, you want to have a strong lender and your closing date. Those are some of the four main pieces to this that you would want to make sure that you have in your offer that makes sense. And calling that seller, and that would be your realtor's job, calling the seller, the listing listing broker's agent um, to find out, you know, when is the, when, when is a good closing date? Do they want to stretch this out? Do they need a little time to move? Do they need it to close soon and have occupancy? Um, so let's cl- talk about the closing date first. Cause that's usually one of the first things I, I go ahead and, and hit first is to find out when that, when is the optimal time for that closing to occur? Make sure of course that your lender can do it. Um, if it's, you know, if they need a three week time turnaround and you can't close in three weeks, then, you know, that's not a possibility. So the lender drives that, that, um, that timeline, um, and occupancy in this, in this day and age, not typically, you can give occupancies to somebody um, and a free occupancy period can win over one that's going to cost them a month of mortgage. Yeah, you're giving up something, but you're ending up with the house. So, you know, with everybody fighting over these offers, you really got to make sure that you're going to lead in with your best foot forward and uh, um, not, uh, not lose out on something as what seems like trivial is occupancy, um, but it is a free occupancy is what we're talking about here. Sometimes if you're not in against a bunch of other people, you can give two weeks free occupancy and occupancy after that, that might be um, a paid for occupancy. You know, there, there's things that you can do. It just depends on what, what your, what your pool of uh, offers, how deep it goes. Um, if you're up against 10 other offers, you better, you better go all the way in. Um, so that's that, that's the closing date in your occupancy. Let's talk about your lender and why it matters. If it's a local lender, if it's somebody I know who's done many deals with me, who does things well, who communicates well, and who is local, that's going to make a big difference in this area. And here's why, because one of our biggest fears is that appraisal coming back low. Um, And if the lender isn't from this area, it could be somebody who comes in from, it could be an appraiser who comes in from Troy and doesn't know that like, if you cross the street, you know, you might get 50,000 more for the same house. So, you know, our areas are very specific, especially in Ann Arbor and other areas like, you know, Celine and everything else, the, the neighborhoods to neighborhoods draw different price points. And you need to know that if you're an appraiser, from out of area, you're not going to have that. You might come in low, which means we have another fight on our hands because the appraisal uh, makes a big difference. The uh, The lender's only going to lend on the appraised value. So now let's say there's a difference between the appraised value and what you've offered. Um, you're either going to come, have to come up, meet them in the middle between those two numbers, um, there's no, there's no formula that, that is, uh, set in stone here. Um, but an, an entire deal can fall apart at the appraisal 
And we don't want that to happen. So one of the things I recommend that we put into our offer, and it's related to the appraisal and the lender, is the appraisal gap or the appraisal bridge. Depending on who you're talking to, it's going to be it's going to just be called something slightly different, the appraisal gap or the appraisal bridge. And what that is, is that's a guarantee. So you are basically telling them what you're going to put forward. Um, and in a lot of cases, depending, you know, it might be a $300,000 house, my appraisal bridge will look like this. Um, it'll it'll say my buyers will pay ten thousand dollars or up to ten thousand dollars above the appraised value and up to the sale price. So let's say it appraises for six thousand dollars less than our offer price. My sellers have agreed to come up with the six thousand dollars. That gives them um, a little peace of mind that you're, first off, that you have some cash in hand that you can bring to the table if needed. Um, second, that you're willing to guarantee that you're going to put that money down if it's necessary. It's not always. It's, you know, one in 10 comes in with a low appraisal right now. At least that's what I'm seeing. Could be different in different markets. Um, but it just says we have the cash and we, and we are willing to give you this much and that makes a giant difference in uh, offers right now, um, that appraisal bridge. And sometimes it's not used at all. There's nothing. You know, my, I had clients recently give a $25,000 appraisal bridge, and they ended up, the appraisal came in low by $5,000. So they were prepared to put forth $25,000 in cash to cover an appraisal, because uh, that was exactly how much they, they offered above the sale price. It was twenty five thousand, so they gave a twenty five thousand dollar appraisal bridge, or they offered it on the on the um, contract. It's written, uh, and they ended up having to give a five, which was not a lot in comparison to what could have happened. And it actually that appraisal bridge got them that contract, and we were in against I think six others. So my clients currently are sitting in that house right now unpacking, which is wonderful. So. Now, how do you get that high price without paying ten thousand more than the next guy? Um, I usually offer an, uh, an escalation clause, and this is on the price. So, this escalation clause basically, uh, if it's a hot house and there's a lot of people coming in um, bidding on this, I, I never start at the sale price. I always try to encourage my clients to start above it. It's going to go above it. We know this. And if you start below it, it just looks like you're hopeful to your, I don't know, it, to the sellers. It seems, I can't really explain it. It's a, it's just a, an emotional thing. They like to see you starting out higher, willing right out of the gate to offer, you know, 10000 above the list price. And then you do an escalation clause stating, I will pay $2,000 more than the next verifiable offer up to, and it's capped. So there, you know, you have to determine what your what the number is that you're willing to let that house go for. Um, uh, here's an example. We uh, we we did a similar thing. Uh, this is not this one didn't end well. Um, it was a four hundred thousand dollar house, extremely cute, fantastic area. Everybody wanted it. There were twenty four offers, um, and we had an We started out at, at the we started out at four ten. It was a $400,000 list price. We start out at four ten right out of the gate. Um, you know, that doesn't put us at the bottom of the pack with an escalation clause up to, I think we went to four twenty five. knowing full well, I did, that it would probably go higher than that. But when we first put in our offer, we were sitting on four offers total. So we thought we had a chance. 
Uh, we learned in the end that we're, we were probably way outweighed and my clients were prepared to let that one go. Um, cause at 420, anything above 425, they weren't, they didn't want the house that much. So, um, that, that house in Ann Arbor, close to downtown, um, went for, I, well, we don't know what they actually chose, but I do know that the highest, um, offer was about 80,000 over asking. So that $400,000 list house got so many people through the front door and so many wanting it that it actually went for somewhere around 480. Pretty amazing, right? So, you know, maybe they didn't even take the 480. If it seemed like it was weak, it didn't have an appraisal gap. I mean, that would have to have an appraisal gap because there's no way it's going to appraise for 480, right? So the sellers don't want to get just the appraised value. They want to make sure they're getting the most. And that's where they probably had to weigh out which offer was actually going to end up being that price at the closing table. The 480 was not, unless they had a, a massive, or they were cash. Sometimes that cash buyer comes in and swoops it up and there's no, uh, there's no appraisal necessary at that point. Um, but as you can see, there's a lot of things that weigh into an offer. Make sure that in this, uh, this, harried, furious, crazy market, that your offer has all of those things. If you're just coming in with a high price, you're not, you're not backing it up with anything. You're not saying, you know, here, my lender's strong. You want to have strength in every corner. You know, you want to have your, you want to know what their closing date is. You want to match that. You know, this is a dance. You want to, uh, you want to make sure your lender's going to come in with a local appraiser. You want to make sure that you've got that appraisal gap covered and you want to make sure your price is the highest that you can possibly, that you're willing to pay for that house. Um, if you're not willing to pay 480 for that house, and my clients weren't, uh, don't offer 480. You know, that's uh, backing out of an offer is um, not, not what you want to do. You want to really uh, make sure you want it and then uh, decide what your top dollar is and what you're willing to let it go for and um, prepare yourself mentally because, uh, most of my clients are, you know, losing a couple before they win the one. And often enough, some of the ones they lost are okay because the one they end up with was exactly what they should have ended up with. And they're in love with their houses. So, it, uh, you know, it all, it all ends well. It's just a little bit more painful now than it used to be. And you don't get the time to think about it. It's so fast and furious. Um, so I hope that answered some of your questions when, you're, when people are talking about this. Some of your friends might be out there... Um, going through it right now and you're thinking about jumping in the game, it's, uh, it's, you know, you gotta just sort of prepare yourself. It's doable. It's possible. Make sure you've got cash in hand, make sure you've got some cash in the bank to come up with that appraisal gap. And it really depends on your, you know, a $5,000 appraisal gap on a $250,000, $300,000 home can win it. It's not gotta be incredible. It's just gotta show that you're willing to come to the table with some money. Um, and that you, and that kind of shows that you have it. So, um, we didn't talk about, uh, lenders and percentages down. Um, let's do a quick, quick hit on that. Um, your percentage down does matter. It just shows, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter at the end. It doesn't matter at the final, final closing. It doesn't to the seller at all. It just shows that you're a more solid buyer and you can, if you have 20%, but you don't intend to put it down, I would say get pre-approved for 20%. Show that you have that kind of money in your bank account. 
get pre-approved for that. You can drop that percentage later with your lender if you'd like. You can talk to that, talk to them about that. But um, come in with 10% at least if you can. That just shows that you've got the money, you've got the cash available, you're strong, you're not right at the edge of your rope and just barely able to buy it. Some of those fall apart at the closing table, and that is what a buyer's agent or the seller's agent is really looking for. They're looking for how strong is your offer, how much, how, how much money at the end of the day is this going to put into my client's pocket. So you want to make sure that you know if you're offering that money, you're prepared to come to the table with it. Um, if you have any questions, you can always write to me, Middy, M-I-D-D-Y, at arbormove.com. Or, you know, reach out any way you can. Um, I'm on the internet, definitely, for the Arbor Move team. I am going to sign off today. I've hit you with a lot of stuff. Um, honestly, come back. Um, ask me questions. I'm happy to answer. You know, give us some some ideas of what you'd like to hear on these podcasts. And uh, we'll try to explain some things to you. Appreciate it. You guys have a great day. Thanks for joining us today. Remember to subscribe to learn a little bit more about real estate every week. Thinking of buying or selling real estate in the Ann Arbor area? Reach out to Clayton Kendrick at Academy Mortgage or me, Mitty Matthews of the Arbor Move team over here at the Moore Group. For your home search needs, head for arbormove.com and find your dream home today. Thanks for joining us today. Remember to subscribe to learn a little bit more about real estate every week. Thinking of buying or selling real estate in the Ann Arbor area? Reach out to Clayton Kendrick at Academy Mortgage or me, Mitty Matthews of the Arbor Move team over here at the Moore Group. For your home search needs, head for arbormove.com and find your dream home today.